This is Free Association, and today we welcome special guest Naomi Yang. Her new film is called Never Be a Punching Bag for Nobody, and she created a unique soundtrack for it. Probably best known for her work with Galaxy 500 and Damon and Naomi, she's also a very talented photographer and filmmaker. Naomi stopped by Friday night on my radio show in advance of the premiere at the Boston Independent Film Festival at the Brattle Theater in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Naomi Yang is here. You probably know her from Galaxy 500 and Damon and Naomi. She has a new film out, and she's going to be talking about that. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah, we were just having a conversation about um, the Independent Film Festival of Boston. So can we just open with that? Because that's this whole weekend, right? Yeah, it started on Wednesday. It goes through next Wednesday. And... um, it's at the Somerville Theater in the Brattle and Coolidge Corner, and I'm really excited to be premiering my new documentary. Great. And it's it's called um, Don't Be a Punching Bag for Nobody? Or <laughs> okay, it's what? a title that's hard to remember, yeah. I admit. Never be a punching bag for nobody. That's right, okay. Which is a d- direct yeah. quote. And it's and it's a quote from, so I saw the film last night, it's, in, it's just incredible. So it's a quote from this this great subject um, named Sal Bartolo. I Sal guess. Bartolo Jr. About uh, Jr. Right, and he's a boxer you met. So uh, it's one of the things that struck me is with with the documentary is it's about a lot of things. It's not just about um, your your introduction to boxing, but it's also about East Boston, and it's about your your family history, and it's about you know the history of Boston. And, and it's just so fascinating. What, what was really interesting to me was there was no mention of music in there at all. <laughs> the, the only thing, maybe there was, maybe I just missed it. No, there, not much. But I did, I did see a, a Galaxy 500 car go by, and I, 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 it was so fast that I, I had to actually rewind it. Because <laughs> I was like, did I, did I just want found, that you, to see Galaxy you 500? Found, you found, you found the, <laughs> right. this, the little... S- Secret message to Galaxy 500 fans. Yeah, yeah, that was, so was in cool. some archival footage um, that I had found um, about this protest in East Boston um, in the 60s, and um, in the footage, it, it was news news footage from the from wow. this protest, and the Galaxy 500 that's rolls so by, and I was like. Well, that's you have to that, has that. To, that has to go in. <laughs> that's so funny. I thought you just grabbed a B-roll from no, some crazy no, thing. No, I mean oh, it wow. was like B-roll from this news report, and it just it just rolled by, and I was like, okay, wow, <laughs> that's like my little secret message. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the the film um, kind of came about by accident because I was looking for uh, a location for a fashion video, and I stumbled on this gym. And I became fascinated with this boxing gym and with boxing, it, which just led me to be fascinated by the neighborhood and the landscape. And um, before I knew it, I felt like I needed to record more of this. And it, I just sort of, you know, went into the rabbit hole of East Boston history and the history of activism and protest and uh, fighting back against Logan Airport. So it I haven't I still don't have a great like you know 20 second elevator pitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cuz it's really about a lot of things. Right? I know, yeah. right? So like yeah. what do you do? It's a, you know, it's a <laughs> It ties together so nicely though because it 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 feels that way. It feels like you 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 sort of we start with with um you're stumbling onto this boxing gym and then it's like, "Oh, you know, the the Logan expansion sort of ties in nicely with that." But what what's so interesting about you know so many of the greatest documentaries is there's always some really great eccentric subject, and this guy is so fun to watch. You oh, know? good! I'm I glad mean, you think so. I remember I remember doing a um, a little radio documentary on Albert Eiler, and I started interviewing all these subjects, and you know I got to Milford Graves, and I got to his house, and halfway through the interview, we kind of turned to each other the the 
the um, audio recorder, and we just said, "This is this should be w- the documentary should be on this guy, right?" <laughs> Sometimes you you're starting making a film, and then suddenly you're like, "Wait a minute, why aren't I filming this guy?" Right? <laughs> and th- the guy is just incredible. Do you want to talk about? And he's your he's been your coach. He's right? been so, my right? coach ever since. Um, what a fascinating individual. yeah! And he's actually coming to the premiere tomorrow night. Oh, that's so and, great! And I mean, okay. it's kind of. It, it's pretty amazing because the boxing gym, which is actually in, in Winthrop, which is right adjacent to East Boston, but he's actually very much, you know, a, an East Boston guy. Um, he The boxing gym n- is only ever closed on Sundays. It's open Monday through Saturday every single wow. day of the year, including Thanksgiving Day. Including Christmas Day, including oh, wow. okay. New Year's Day, including any <laughs> holiday, Flag Day, any holiday you can think of that everyone else in the July Fourth. And he's there. He is he's there, there. Wow. and it's just it never closes. Wow. So I was like, "Are you going to be able? Are you going to want to come to this premiere?" And he was like, "Yeah, I'll come." And I was like, "You're going to have to close the gym, you know, maybe." Right. And he was like, "Hmm, well, it'd be worth it." Wow. But the premiere happens to be on a Sunday, so oh, like, <laughs> he doesn't have to close. Oh, that's great. So he's going to be there, and um, he's going to be doing the Q&A, too. Wow, great. So we'll see what happens. Did he, did, it sounded like he kind of warmed up to you and, and was not, uh, as many documentary subjects are, including Milford, with my experience, like really not, not so interested at first in who yeah. is this person. Yeah. And it seemed like... He warmed up to you, the fact that he's, you know, let you um, film there and so forth. Yeah, I mean, he definitely did. But even during the whole process of making the film, there would be months where he would just be like, are you here to train? Are you here to fool around with that camera? And he would sort of shut me down. Right. And so I was very much like, am I going to be able to film anymore in the gym or not? But, you know, I was also very busy filming a lot of, you know, the airplanes and (laughs) East Boston landscape. And so I just figured I would, you know, use whatever I had. And and then he would give me access and then he would, you know, decide he was, you know, tired of having the camera in the gym. So... What what an interesting story. So, I mean, the the other thing is boxing is so... Um, unique. Yeah, I don't know too many people who <laughs> who are into boxing. You might be the only person I know who's into boxing. And and actually, what you said in the film was that you were there almost every day. Yeah, I which became is amazing. So, yeah, I became just. It was before before the pandemic. I was there like five nights wow. a week. I wow. just it, 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 I became like I love doing it so much. And right. I think it was also it's it kind of a, a great and strange community, which was also, um, you know, very different from the music world and very different from, um, you know, life in Cambridge. And also I was with, you know, different age people. I was with all these high school kids. And so, you know, that was just kind of fun. I was kind of like, hey, you know, careful, don't hit granny in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But, yeah, I mean, this, you know, I, I sort of, um, I kind of discovered running really late in my 40s. And it's really cool, like, that 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 you would discover boxing and kind of get into that. Because it's such a, it's so, it's such a um, community, there's the community there. With running, there's a running community, it's totally separate from the music thing. And that's kind of what I like about it, you know. But, but just having that, having that outlet yeah, I mean that's not real close to your house either, right? No, I mean, it's, that's, it's that's they, a really they just long... thought, I mean it was like I was coming from the moon. Oh, yeah, like Cambridge yeah. was is right. is so far away. <laughs> you from... might as well have been in another country. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean even for everyone to come over to the premiere tomorrow at the Brattle, oh, yeah. it's like a big deal. That's like a big they're coming travel. To Cambridge, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. which wow. is amazing. I mean it's twelve or thirteen miles, but I mean I think that was something that also really interested me. It's like. This is 12 or 13 miles from my house, and yet it was, you know, I learned so much, and I felt like there was so much to see, and, you know, people were telling me these stories about things that I had no idea about that had, you know, gone on in in Boston. Yeah. And um, so 
that also struck me is that having lived here a very long time that you could still not know some very basic things about I, that's how i felt while watching i've i moved here in 2000 and i didn't know any of this and what's so interesting is you know as as someone who lives here you you fly out of logan all the time and i guess depending on what runway you're on I remember sometimes feeling like you, you you're almost hitting the the the, the phone lines, yeah. the power lines yeah. on some some trips out of here. And I always thought like, well, I know that's winter, but I don't know what the you know you're you're just you're watching you're going you're getting so close, and you're always thinking what's down there yeah. and what is that community. I, and this kind of answers that question for anyone that flies out of Logan. Yeah, everybody has that question. Yeah, I mean right? I, we've had that for years. Every single yeah. time we left, and especially international flights, and it's like. What is that? What is that that's down there? Who's so close? Yes, and that's way too close. And also the you know that runway, you know, you fly over the water, and then all of a sudden there's a runway there. Yes, that's and it's just like, are we landing on the water? It's like, oh, there's a runway here, and yeah, and this this sort of explains explains it it all. Yeah. (laughs) Also the the you know the airport. the uh, runway numbers and and all those sorts of. I wanted it. I wanted it to be educational. Yeah. So yes, if you ever wondered. How to decipher runway numbers? Yeah. So I have a, I have a friend who lives in in Winthrop. My friend Jonathan Lemaster, who plays uh, violin in in my band. So he actually lives on, and I've been to I've only been to Winthrop twice just to pick him up. Um, but he lives on I think the the Bay Side, which is away away from the airport. I guess no, that would be the ocean side. He lives on the ocean side. Yeah, he lives on the ocean side. But I've never been there long enough to hear the planes going over. But the way the way your your film, it seemed like there's planes were going over like every every two minutes you'd hear a plane. <laughs> yeah, no, they are. I mean, it's it depends um, which runway. Okay. So, you know, maybe the days that you were at his house, either you weren't there long enough, mm-hmm. or the winds were so that it was a runway that was in another direction. But if you happen to be there on a day where the planes are, um, the runway, the winds are correct. And if he lives on under a flight path at all, then yeah, it would yeah. be every. It would be every every. I don't know how they. I mean, if it, you're at the gym, can you hear that inside the gym? Can you hear the planes? Um, or is it too so loud in the gym? You don't really. No, I mean, he's got loud, loud like classic rock oh, or okay, rap yeah, music. Yeah, you right. you know you can't hear anything. He's got like a. You know, white noise machine. No, white. You know, air air yeah. filters now since the pandemic. You right. know, going full blast, and, and so it's there's a there's a lot going on. There's the the buzzer ring. There's a lot going on. But right. yes, if you when you when I step outside, it, wow. And there's a, you know a huge plane going. And over. the houses houses there. I guess they just learn to tune it out. You know. Um, yeah. It's just. It's kind of like you know when you go into New York and you, you you know you're on the train and you pass by these these tenements and you think God what it would be like to live there <laughs> you know this train's passing by every thirty seconds. Well and now it's kind of like it's kind of like that except you're you're hearing planes you know. I mean now I'm become so plane sensitive that like I even am hearing the flight paths over Cambridge you oh, know very clearly right and like wow. you know if we we have a small garden if we're sitting outside and it's like yep and and. <laughs> Wow. I'm, so, I'm such a geek about it now. It's like I know which runway that's coming off of when, it, go, it, when it comes yeah. over Cambridge. Right. right, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the the. It's showing tomorrow or Sunday. It's, it's showing Sunday, Sunday right? okay. at seven forty five at the Brattle, and it's the right. premiere. And um, it's so it's this documentary I made over the last few years about my taking up boxing in East Boston and everything I discovered there and discovered from doing that. Um, and the other thing I'm really excited about is that um, I wrote the soundtrack for the film, right? Um, which was really the first time I'd ever done any music just completely on my own. And it was, it was a bit shocking to Damon because I just wanted to like plug my keyboard directly into my computer <laughs> and just uh, record the soundtrack that way and he was like no beautiful microphones no, no amplifiers no no me mixing it I was like mm, nope um, wow. I did work with a wonderful sound designer for the film um, Ian Koss who his sort of specialty is doing podcasts and he actually worked with Damon um, 
on on Damon's podcast. Oh, I love the sound. The 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 sound on that is amazing. Yeah, the sound design on that. And um, ways of hearing. Ways of hearing. Yeah. And um, and Ian, I loved how he integrated the, the music and the voices. So when I set out to do the film, I. I, one thing I knew is I didn't want to use sort of standard talking headshots. Um, I wanted to be able to have voices and then images, but not always be one, you know, like necessarily synced. And I also just wanted you really to be able to to listen to the film and have that really be an experience on its own. So it was wonderful to work with Ian, who works in radio and podcasts. So I feel like the sound the the soundtrack to the film became like a, a very much a complete piece in and of itself and then i sort of pulled the music out of that and so i'm also releasing just the music part of the soundtrack yeah i wanted to play a, a track off of this because it's so it's so great the soundtrack is like a beautiful ambient um uh record and and it's sort of like you you really as you're watching it you really sort of fall into that that state you know as you're as you're listening to this so oh, it's good. it's really it's really beautiful yeah I, i'd like to play i like the the title track so let's play that and then we'll come back and talk about how a little bit more about this this soundtrack naomi yang is here this is free association you're listening to wcbc
Naomi Yang is here. We just heard a piece from her soundtrack to her film, Never Be a Punching Bag for Nobody. That was the title track on the original soundtrack. Um, wow. I mean, I guess you might have touched on this before, but how much of these pieces did you write before the film and how much after? Um, was it all after the film was created and you, you were you were literally setting it as you're watching the picture? Or how did yes, you Yes, yes, pretty that? much so. Um, the, the film was already edited and um yeah and i wrote them for each section oh for each scene okay Mm -hmm. that's interesting so you would have you sort of had a vibe for each section and then you would sort of now and then did you sort of experiment live i'm just always fascinated with with scoring solo scoring like a vangelis or something (laughs) where he's like watching the picture and and kind of improvising and and he'll do a few takes and then okay that's the one yeah yeah and i was i was no, well, I was using Audition, and I just started laying down tracks. Oh, okay. And then, you know, okay. some worked better than others, and I was like, mm, no. And so I, I was – but I w- was able to bring in my um, my, my edit, my cut of the, of the part of the film that I was doing the soundtrack for and watch it and sort you know – and because I had edited it, I knew, you know, exactly like, oh, the light's going to change here. So I was able to sort of use those visual cues to, like, change the music nice. as I was um, as I was doing the soundtrack. And then I just sort of started layering it. And then um, Ian Koss, the sound designer, you know, did a wonderful job of integrating it. And, and he did all the mixing. So I just gave him yeah. these sort of raw tracks I see. and like, okay, this goes here. And okay, so that's interesting. So what is Ian? What's his? What is his? Uh, how does the responsibility shift over? Is he actually mixing the 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 voices and your score and and the and the, and the ambience? Yes, and the ambience. Okay. You know, there's there's no like foley in the film. It's really right. um, pretty much you know the live sound off my camera. Or um, the interviews that I I took, um, where there's not synced footage necessarily, um, my narration and the um, the soundtrack, the music, and so Ian did you know this beautiful arrangement of you know bringing up the voices oh, or yeah. bringing mm. you know down the narration or bringing in some of, you know, the ambient room sound. And, you know, it got even kind of complicated because sometimes, you know, my narration is then over, uh, you know, a discussion. And then you had to sort of change the levels so that you could hear the discussion in the room. But I Mm -hmm. was still trying to narrate it. So it was very like a little delicate uh, balance. But I think he did a beautiful job. It's seamless, yeah. So talk to me about Mary Ellen Welch because I <clears throat> I didn't know um, I didn't know about her and how did you stumble she's a, she was an activist sort of in the in the I guess late sixties mm-hmm. uh, well really uh, through through the her whole life um, okay. uh, she she is was an activist in East Boston she was a school teacher in East Boston that got um, interested in uh, activism in the sixties um, she. Um, describes it as sort of in the moment of the civil rights movement mm-hmm. and um, it kind of awakened um, her consciousness. And um, I was lucky enough to meet her through someone else that I met in East Boston that said, oh, you're interested in activism in East Boston and you're interested in the, the history of you know, the fights against Logan Airport you need to meet Mary Ellen Welch. And so I was able to meet her, and she was quite um, elderly and ill at the time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, from the moment I had the first phone conversation with her, first phone introduction, I just was, like, completely entranced by her incredible, you know, energy and um, kind of her spirit was fantastic. And so I felt really lucky to be able to do some interviews with her and talk to her about her experiences and sort of explain to her how I was making this film about East Boston and her response. And, um, you know, she, wow. she was, you know, I feel very 
lucky to have been able to get to know her a little bit. Yeah, she was a great speaker, too. She was very eloquent. And I like the fact that you mentioned there's no talking heads. It's really more interesting because you're, you're seeing, you're hearing her voice, and, and then you're seeing sort of what she's talking about, and then you have all those great historic photographs that you, that you pull in. So it's really just, it's so nice to just be able to, I, I don't know, maybe because I'm a radio guy, just right. love the voice. Well, I mean, it, it was made by, a, the, the film was, uh, sound design was done by a radio okay, guy. Okay, that makes sense. So, I mean, yeah. you, can, you can turn off the picture and, you know, understand the whole film. That's right, yeah. Which, um, right. you know, and obviously I'm hoping that the picture adds something. But, I mean, I did I did kind of like that it worked in, on the, that two, those two levels. And, I mean, I find very often in, in documentaries, just from a visual aspect, I don't love the way talking heads look. Um, I often think it, it, it is kind of awkward looking and, yeah. you know, not, not like beautiful and sort of, you know, like, oh, here's the talking head. It's awkward. <laughs> like we, yeah. we know what, you know, you sort of, you, you know already what it looks like. Yeah. And, you know, people do all sorts of things to try and make it look more interesting, but it's still just the talk. So <laughs> I just sort of wanted to avoid yeah. that from a visual standpoint because I just really wanted to try and really have every – I mean, I put up a – I put up a, like a, a, a motto for myself when I was editing the film. Mm. Like I wanted every shot to be able to work as like a still photograph oh, wow. or as like an image. So I just really wanted everything to look as beautiful as I could. And I just, <laughs> talking heads just didn't, <laughs> didn't, no, that, didn't make the cut. that's not going to be a still photograph, right? So, you know, I think it's a bit unusual. And maybe, you know, I, I hope people are not, you know, can, can, I hope they can follow the different voices. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it works great. It works great. Yeah. It, um, that's what I thought, too. I thought, wow, this is really unusual. This is a kind of, kind of a left turn from what you would think of as a documentary where you're talking head. You know, then you then you show some historical footage, talking head, and it just doesn't do right, that. Right, right. And so it does. It's very. It is very painterly, especially. There's some really beautiful shots. I never. We were just talking off air. I've lived here for so long. I've never been over there really mm-hmm. in the East Boston area. And and the, those those shots of the of the the beach are really really beautiful. You know, and the sunset shots and everything. Yeah, and the marsh and. Yeah, and the mar- and all those different different uh, landscapes. Yeah, there. I mean it. It's amazing because it is so close to Boston and there is this wildness of the ocean that's just right there. And yeah. I guess people that live, you know, on close like on the North Shore or on the South Shore, they sort of live with that. But I feel like we're like live on the interior and, you know, Cambridge and Somerville and it's like yeah. the ocean seems so far it away. It does, yeah. It really does. Yeah. yeah. I mean I, I very rarely go to, I grew up in Florida and I was in the ocean almost every day. Now it's like I never I never I never go to the ocean. Why? I, it's not that far, but it, it just feels like, you know, a really, really long trip. Yeah, there's a lot of traffic. Maybe, that, <laughs> and, maybe it is a long way. I, I mean, no, but the, I mean, that was one thing that I've always loved about going to the gym in the evening. It's like I get to go and, you know, see the ocean you yeah. know, every evening. And at sunset right. usually, right? So it's right. like, and the sunsets are fantastic. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. That was beautiful. Those are some beautiful, beautiful shots. Um. Let's talk about um, the shows because you have some. So you have the the screening on Sunday, and then and then you and Damon are doing some shows with Meg Baird. Yes, yeah, so um, we have a very busy week. Yeah. <laughs> so the screening is on Sunday um, at the Brattle at seven forty-five. On Monday night, um, there's actually a listening party for the soundtrack, which is uh, at the Crystal Ballroom oh, okay. um, Monday at eight p.m. Which I think if you've seen the film and you come with your ticket stub or <laughs> your electronic ticket stub, uh, you can just come in for free and Great. hear the soundtrack and hang out and have a drink. And I, I've been told there might even be a themed cocktail. Um, and uh, if you ha- don't have a ticket stub, I think they're asking for $5. Oh, great. So anyone that wants to um, come and I, I made uh, CDRs. <laughs> handmade CDRs of um, the soundtrack. Great. So that's Monday. And then um, we are shifting gears a bit. And um, Meg Baird and Charlie Softly are coming from the West Coast. Um, um, and we are going to prepare, start preparing 
together for a tour that starts next um, Saturday in Providence and in sun, and sun, next Sunday, um, May 7th. Um, it's we're going to be back at the Crystal Ballroom. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah, and what's really exciting is that, um, well, first of all, Meg and Charlie are dear friends, and so to be on a back on tour with friends just it's like it seems so exotic and so yeah. fantastic because sure. we haven't you know we've just done some one-off shows and we haven't like had a tour with friends for so long right. so right. that's going to be great um and even kind of personally what's really exciting is that um meg asked damon to play some drums on some of her songs and I volunteered. I was like, hey, you need a bass player? <laughs> um, which made me sort of take out my bass for the live show again, which I haven't done for a while. I've been mostly playing keyboards. Right. And so I'm even, we're reincorporating some bass back into our set too. Wow. Um, and Meg might be playing drums for us. So we're kind of going to play our own songs so it also kind of have, you know, have you learned her songs yet? I've been working on it. <laughs> I have been. I've yeah. been working on it. Yeah, and so I think it's just going to be really exciting and really fun. It just feels like a, I don't know, a really happy thing to yeah. be um, doing these shows again. At, yeah, with her her new record is great, and I think her her sister is also a musician. Is yes, that right? Okay. Yes, and they have a, a band together sometimes. Okay. And okay, what does her sister play? Or does she sing as well? I think she she, she sings, sings okay, as yeah, well. Right, right. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's that's coming up really quickly after this this whole thing. Yes. So it's going to be a busy busy time. Yes. Yes. So we are we are rehearsing every day, and uh, and working on <laughs> learning Meg's songs, as well as you know running around and in enjoying being in a film festival. Yeah, that's great. As we it's happening as we speak here. Well, let, let's play another track off of this soundtrack because I love I love just putting this on and and just just playing it. Um, it's just a beautiful um, soundtrack. Well, I love all these tracks. What what should we play? What's a what's a track that you like? Um, we just played the title track. Um, how about the first track? The first track. Okay, how I started boxing. And I guess this this track list is kind of in sequence, right? For the, the track film? list is in sequence in the yeah. film, and actually the titles of the tracks were sort of taken from my working titles with sort of the sections of the film. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. That's great. Which I then I didn't use in the film, but... Well, I, I remember looking at this track list before, because this came out before the the film, and I was like, East Boston is not an airport. What does that mean? <laughs> and then I saw the movie, and I was like, okay, now I understand what she... <laughs> That's actually she an old slogan from oh, the fight right? against Logan Airport oh, in, the, in the 60s. Um, because but, they were treating East Boston like it only was an airport. Yeah, they kept expanding and expanding, and there right. was that one scene where they, they wanted to expen- extend the runway all the way down a st- one of the streets, right? It, that, they which, did. And they did, right? Yeah. yeah. That's wild, wild. Yeah, so, so that's a whole, a whole history yeah, of Logan no, so, Airport. So the titles of the, sound, of, of the soundtrack are a bit bizarre if, if they were just song titles. But, <laughs> 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 but it's the soundtrack, so it makes sense. Naomi Yang is here. Her new film is called Never Be a Punching Bag for Nobody. And we're going to play a track off of the soundtrack, which she also wrote, called How I Started Boxing. You're listening to WZBC. This is Free Association.
Naomi Yang is here. Her new film is called Never Be a Punching Bag for Nobody, and that was the first track off the soundtrack, which she created, called How I Started Boxing. Uh, I want to play a track for you, and it's a Neutral Milk Hotel track, and you created a video for this. I want to kind of, I'm very curious about this, because I saw this on your Instagram. I know I knew the song. It, it's called Naomi. I had no idea it was it was based on you. So can you can you how did you how did how did you find out this song was about you? Number one, <laughs> and, and 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 I and I always thought the lyrics. I got it. I so answer that question first. I have so many questions about this. Answer that question first, and then I'll add to the next question. Um. I found out it was about me because we were actually playing at um, a terror stock festival in Providence, and it must have been right around when the the album came out, and it's on Avery Island. And um, was that the record? That's that the was record that's song? the album okay. yeah. that um, mm-hmm. the track name. And um, Julian, one of the band members came running up to me at the festival. Neutral Milk Hotel was playing at the same festival and was like, hey, this is our album and the song on it is about you. And like disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, okay, you know, and I, we didn't know them personally. And mm-hmm. I mean, we were playing at the same festival, but we didn't know them personally. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I took it home and they listened to it. And I was like, well, those lyrics are a little strange, but okay, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so yeah, that's why I that's why I knew. That's because, how you because, knew. Because, okay, because I I had no idea. I was fascinated by that. I so I went to yesterday. I went to songmeanings.com. You ever been to this site? No. And it, it's basically. <laughs> It's people trying to figure out song meanings, oh, right? right? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I plugged in Naomi Nutrimoko Hotel. Let's see what they say. And one, there's a general comment here. I'm gonna, I got to read this to you. This is so hilarious. And then I'll play the track, and then people will understand what, what this means. But here's the general comment. I think it's about a girl. And this is before somebody said it's about Naomi Yang, right? This is before that. I think it's about a girl who Jeff thinks is amazing and loves, but is also a prostitute or something. <laughs> the first two verses seem to be about how he's in love with her, but then the second verse when he sings, she comes and goes most afternoon, one billion lovers wave and and love her now. It, it sounds like Naomi is a prostitute or something. <laughs> one billion people love her, and they could love her whenever they want, and so could Jeff because she's a prostitute or something. In the final verse, Jeff sings, one billion angels could come and save her soul. They could save her soul until she shines. That seems to imply that while she's done bad stuff, Jeff still <laughs> see, he still sees the beauty in her and thinks that an angel could come and save her soul, make her pure and good again. And, and then he says, that's just my interpretation after reading the lyrics. That meaning could coincide with other Neutral Milk Hotel songs like songs against sex where Jeff rails against casual sex. Anybody agree or disagree? That's the comment. <laughs> Isn't wow. that wild? The person that worked very hard on that their answer. They worked very hard, right? <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's play this because I think the great thing is you, you, you then late, much many, many years later created a video for this, sort of like, you know, kind of owning it, you know, um, which, which, is, which is really great too. People should look up the video. But uh, let's play this track because it's it's a it's a very it's a beautiful song. Um, but uh, yeah, the lyrics are, are quite strange.
Naomi Yang is here. That's a track from their new record, a sky record, Damon and Naomi, and that's the first track off that, Oceans In Between. And before that, we played the Neutral Milk Hotel song, Naomi, which is about Naomi. Uh, thanks for coming in. It's so great to have you here. Um, I wonder if you can just, let's just summarize all the stuff, <laughs> there's so much stuff going on. Um, there's a, there's the, the Independent Film Festival is happening now, and your, your film is showing on Sunday night at the Brattle, correct? Yes, um, yeah. never be a punching bag for nobody at the Independent Film Festival, Boston, right. at the Brattle, this Sunday, 7.45. Um, Monday is the listening party at the Crystal Ballroom um, at 8 p.m., and everyone's welcome. Um, if you pay $5 or if you, uh, <laughs> or if you went to the screening. And then uh, next Sunday, May 7th, we are playing as Damon and Naomi and Meg Baird is playing also at the Crystal Ballroom. That's on the 7th. Okay. Yeah. It's on the, the following Sunday. Okay. Great. Great. Yeah. So um, I'm going to switch, switch hats and uh, get, back, get back in the van. Yeah, and you're playing mostly. You play keyboards in in Damon and Naomi, but yeah, but, mo- but I think this playing bass is kind of a. I mean, that's that's harkening back to Galaxy Five Hundred days. Right? Yeah, I mean, I always play um, bass on, on the our records. recordings. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't been playing bass live so much because as I've been singing more, I I do not know how anyone can play it, a complicated like bass line yeah. and sing. Know. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I can play <laughs> sort of, a, I play a simpler bass line and sing or probably play bass in like very simple singing. But I, you know, how Paul McCartney. I don't know I how don't, they do it. It's so <laughs> I mean, so I guess weird. he's Paul McCartney. Right. <laughs> but um, yeah, so so I've mostly played keyboards in Damon Naomi live. But um, I have a, I have often played bass. But, you know, we, we actually... St- Stopped using it so much in our live show when it became so difficult to travel pre-pandemic, you know, on the airlines and not right. check a keyboard and the bass guitar. And, you know, it, it was mm-hmm. stupid. It was because of like airline excess baggage that it changed our, our lineup. Oh, is that what? So that that's kind of dictated the I mean, it was, yeah, it just, yeah. It, it just, it right. became impossible, especially, you know, touring and, and and not just if you weren't necessarily just in a van tour where you could just bring all the equipment bring you, needed. you need. But if yeah. you know you're overseas and you're flying, and every time you fly, it's just this. So it it became like, well, you know, how about we just like make it more keyboard centric? Right. Um, so anyway, I'm really excited because this tour with Meg, um, Damon's going to be on drums for some of Meg's songs, and I'll be on bass, and then we're also reincorporating me playing bass back into our set a little more that's so cool i'm so happy wow. i'm like so awesome. playing bass and i'm just like i'm so happy playing bass so. i've never seen you play bass live and i've never seen damon uh, play drums live so really? this, is, this is like <laughs> this is gonna be so cool yeah. well we're i think we're, we're we're very happy when we're we're playing bass and drums, so. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah i can see that well that's that's great yeah the the film is amazing congratulations the soundtrack is so so beautiful um and and let's play another track off this this record, a sky record. I think this was the record we talked about the last time you were here. Um, what should we what should we play here? I assume you're going to be playing songs off this probably on the show. Yeah, so maybe um, the track "Sailing By." Okay, great. Let's do that. We're listening to music from Damon and Naomi. Naomi Yang has been our guest. We're listening to WZBC. This is Free Association. Stay with us. Morning music ahead. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you. 